to all the lovely readers out there. You are listening to the Lesbian Review Podcast right now. I'm Anna Gramlich, and this is my first time running a podcast, so please bear with me, and any mistakes I make, you're more than welcome to comment on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. I'm sure if there's something I did wrong, you're going to let me know. All for it. Um, I'm here this morning with Kelly Ayton. Say hello, Kelly. Hello. Did I say your name right? You did say my name right. Yay! All right. I know how I get upset when people don't say my name right, so awesome. Uh, we are here today because we are going to do a special podcast talking about the Golden Crown Literary Society Conference, or GCLS for short. Kelly and I both had the great opportunity to go this, to Las Vegas this year and um, attend the conference, um, both of us being convergence, as a lovely way to put it and everything. But even though we're both reviewers for TLR and we got to attend, we kind of had our own uh, different perspectives on it. Kelly was there also as an author. I was there more of a reader slash fangirling volunteer type and everything. And while we, there was a lot of things we had in, we really communicated well on and com, like crossed over on, there were things that we also had individually experienced that we were very happy about. So we did our best, or I should say Kelly did her best, to keep everybody informed on the TLR Facebook page of what was happening with the panels, who was reading, and oh my god, we saw these people and everything like that. And we just wanted to give you a little bit more insight about the events that happened as well as a lot of the emotions it invoked in us because I know personally for me it was just an all-out high being in, in the room with so many of the authors that I've admired and enjoyed reading over the last few years. I don't know if you could say the same about that or maybe elaborate a little bit on like... It, it was, and it wasn't just about the authors because mm-hmm. we, all, we both have authors that we've admired and we've read so many right. of their works over the years. But for me, it was also about connecting with people that I'd only previously connected with on online, I guess. And, and not just... Um, not just those really influential people. I met my publisher for the first time. I met All both right. of my editors for the first time and our author liaison. And so it really helps because I think sometimes you lose a lot when you communicate via email um, or via text message or email or, or messenger. Uh, you lose some some context and, and just some, some emotion as far as like what this person is like in, in, in real yeah, life. Exactly. And nowadays with the people being across the country, across the globe. You can be a writer living in Australia, but your publisher is in Germany and you might never meet face to face. So having conferences like this where you get that opportunity, at least if anything, say hi and thank you for taking a chance on me is always a positive in that regard. That's exactly it. So so a lot of you, and I actually noticed this on Twitter, someone were asking what GCLS is. Well, it's the Golden Crown Literary Society Basically, it's a volunteer organization, and their mission is to educate and promote the recognition of lesbian literature. Basically, we're trying, they try to provide opportunities, encouragement um, to established authors to develop their, cla- their craft in lesbic. I feel bad because I've been reading lesbic for like the last five years, but I really recently only heard of this organization like within the last year and pretty much the same here yeah yeah, it's like i feel kind of bad because i feel like i should have known this from the beginning but like with anything in life i feel like timing is everything and i feel like it was time for me to learn about this place especially as you know 
I start developing myself from being just a reader to an author because I have stories I want to write. And this was a good place for me to go because they have really great mentors, women who've been doing this for 15, 20 years, who are very much in love with um, lesbian fiction, in love with writing, in love with empower having stories that have empowering women who love women. And that was just a very inspirational environment to be in for me personally. Um, so yeah, that's basically what they're all about. They're, they're about supporting and strengthening uh, lesbian writing and also providing educational programs to create opportunities for everybody to interact like this conference. I think overall for me, it was, it was a little bit overwhelming um, because there were so, so many people to meet and to talk to and, and, and it's not just like you have a goal. You're like, oh, I want to talk to this person about this thing or I want to meet this person. Or, I would love to get this person to sign my book. But you get off track so easily because when you throw a bunch of people in run, one room together, having conversation about things that they are passionate about, you really, really get off track. Um, but for me, as an author and a reader, it, is really, it was hard to separate at something like GCLS um, because it brings us together with the people that we work and live and work closely with as authors, like our publishers, like our editors. Um, but it also like allows us, especially for a newer author, it was really an amazing experience to see those people that have read my books and to have them tell me how much they love different books that I've written or when is this last one coming out, you know? So it was really different. Um, and it was also good as an author to sit on, sit in on some of the panels. Um, some had points that I hadn't really considered before as an author, as they right, talked right. about different ways of doing what we do to create a story. And every, every author, I mean, they can have pointers to say, oh, this works really well for me. And somebody else might have exactly the opposite advice. And ultimately, as an author, I know that you have to do what the best way uh, for you to do is. Um, but beyond sitting in on the educational panels, we had the author spotlights. So the author spotlights, as people listening may know, I did share, I recorded, I tried to record a few in, in each author spotlight that I attended. Some of the people that I thought they really wanted to hear. And I'm sad that I, I actually didn't do some of the other ones, some of the newer authors, because they had just beautiful readings. Um, and as an author myself, it was, I was lucky enough to be able to do a reading of my own from my newest book, Waking the Dreamer. Um, I was unlucky enough to go first at 8 a.m. So it was I was a little uncharacteristically nervous um, because I was just really tired and kind of in a daze and I went first. So it's just really new for me. Public speaking is not that big of a deal for me, but doing yeah, something yeah. like that, it really kind of was a big deal because it's, you know, you're sharing not just something that you wrote, but something that is really close to you. And it's, it's a passion of the heart when you write a book. So, okay. you know. But at least when you're reading your own stuff, I would think that it's a little bit easier because you know, like I noticed this when I was in a couple of those author panels myself, it's like they actually did really good jobs of reading their own work. And I, that, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, it's their work. They know these characters. They know the voices and the, um, the way these characters are going to talk and feel and the emotions they're going to invoke. And everything like that. But granted, I understand an 8 a.m. reading is probably not the best idea, especially when you're in a town like Las Vegas where a lot is happening. And um, I actually, even though, like I said, we were both uh, virgins to this con, I actually got a scholarship to pay for my ticket. Um, I sent GCLS a letter 
and they were like, you know, what do you do? Why do you want to come? And they accepted it. And part of my scholarship requirements, even though I didn't really need it to be a requirement, was that I had to volunteer and help out in certain areas. And I found that actually was a very, it was a very good way for me to meet everybody that I wanted to meet. Not only just the authors that I wanted to meet, but even people that, you know, they're just fans, they're readers, they want to come, they support the organization and everything like that. I met so many people just by helping them check in. And when it's like, we get on conversations like, oh, who's your favorite author? What's your favorite book right now? What are you reading? Oh, and it's like, you and I were also passing out swag for the Lesbian Review. I don't know about you, but I got a lot of conversations just based off of that because I would, I kind of did shameless promotion at the volunteer table and laid all the uh, buttons and the bookmarks out for everybody. And they're like, ooh, what's this? And I was like, well, I'm glad you asked. Um, and we'll say you cheated a little bit with that because I was doing all yeah, the footwork. It was a so golden I, opportunity. Can I talk to you about, I had to take it. about the Church of Lesbian Review? <laughs> Would you like a button? <laughs> Here's your promotional material. And can I have your picture? So everybody was very actually... Uh, the people that didn't know what it was, uh, most of the people that approached mm -hmm. me already knew what it was. And they're like, hey, can right, I have right. my button? I saw your hair. And um, thanks for that, Sheena. <laughs> it did help that you had hair, like that everybody recognized right away. Right. The recognizable uh, tuft, I think one of our uh, TLR members, Enrico, called it. But um, yeah. so most of them already knew. But it was really nice. They were very, um, very accommodating when I said, hey, you know, can I get a picture of you wearing the TLR button? Um, but yeah, you're right. That was a, that was a whole nother aspect in our experience mm -hmm. at GCLS was not just being for me a reader or an author, but it was also a, a reviewer kind of uh, promoting. And and you also, uh, as the author, I took on a both a mentor and a mentee role. So I got good advice from right. some other authors, from my publisher and a few other people, my editors. But I also found myself um, giving advice to some of the newer authors who, you know, I was, I shared with them actually a bunch of resources via email, they exchanged emails and I gave them links to, hey, these are sites where you can send your, your book to possibly get reviewed, you know, to re request a review. So, and I shared with them some of those resources and kind of sent them uh, links to other places that do have a lot of resources for authors or newer authors. So I think that's really, really an important part of GCLS is everybody really, really helping each other. And it was it was a great feeling uh, of coming together and not just meeting these people that kind of you idolize a little bit for their creativity and their skill. And um, but but everybody helping each other. And it was really great yeah. you know, when I checked in and you were there and, you know, somebody, everybody else was there. And if, and if you even looked confused, they're like, how can we help you? You know, so exactly. it was really great. And the fact that you and I both had those little tags on our badges that said, I'm new. I think that alone caused everybody to just want to rush us and be like, do you need help today? They What's did. going on? Are you okay? Did you get a lot of people just like, just, like a, a lot of the, like, the, the, the long time members just randomly would come up and like, hi, you know, I'm so-and-so. How are you? And I think it was the convergent yeah. tag that did it. So. Yeah, that totally did it. That totally did. And I'm hoping next year when I come back, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember you from last year. Right, right. And everything. And, but it's like, yes, but I don't have the convergent tag this time. I, I have lost it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I will say that. Um, who is your favorite author to meet? Oh, you know, I, that's a really rude question. Um, I feel like it is, but I, it is a rude question. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's like asking me to pick a favorite book, which I can't do. But right. I can say that, you know, 
everybody was so accommodating and I met some people who were really fun at different points that kind of helped me through like uh, MB Austin uh, if anybody's heard she right. writes like a, um, like a suspense stuff but she actually we shared an autograph table and that was cool um, Victoria Avalon, Lynn Ames, Susie Carr, and Annette Mori, they were all really, really fun and hilarious people, and they just kind of livened up every place they went, literally. Oh, yeah. um, exactly. Uh, and I, I also noticed that they're kind of like the cool kids at one point. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I felt like that, too, because my first day, like my first morning there, uh, Wednesday morning, before I even went... To the, I had to go to Starbucks because we found out there's a Starbucks right down the right down the hallway, pretty much. <laughs> yes. It's like we're going there, and I ran and I literally ran into Georgia Beers. Like she was walking one way, I was walking the other, and I introduced myself and I was just like, she's like, oh, is this your first time? And we got to chatting a little bit, and she's like, you're out kind of early. And I was like, I need Starbucks. She's like, oh yeah, I was just there. That's, and everything. You know, I, and, that's where I met her, yeah. too. I didn't actually meet her at the con. I met her yeah. walking through the casino <laughs> with, with Nikki, Nikki Little uh, or Nikki Smalls, as she is online. But that's funny right. because that's where I met her was walking through the casino. Yeah. I don't think I actually ever got to approach her at the con. There were so many people I missed meeting. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't think I could pinpoint it. Everybody was just uh, lovely. You know, Karen Kalmaker, who is super nice. Uh, Radcliffe, who is intense. Ann Roberts was hilarious. Right. I mean, just so many amazing people and so many people that I hadn't heard of um, who are kind of newer. Uh, right. I think at the con, even Lynette Beers, Anna Burke, who uh, Compass Rose, I think, is just out with Anna Burke, uh, Sarah Han Campbell. So, yeah, you can't, I can't really pick just one. I mean, I, I actually right. talked the most of any author. I spoke the most to Mavis Applewater, which was really cool mm -hmm. for me because I did not come out necessarily like a lot of people. Um, right. I started finding stories online, um, and I, I stumbled into fan fiction online, and then I stumbled into women loving women fan fiction online, uh, as an engaged person that had spent eight years with a man. So, and I went, oh, oh, this little light bulb clicked on. And that's how, and I fell like face first into fan fiction. And one of the first authors that I really read a lot of was Mavis Applewater. So it was wow. really, it was really a, a neat, I guess, just to be able to spend so much time and talk to her. And um, just, it was just so fun to meet these people yeah. that were only names. It was, it was, yeah, it was definitely fun meeting them. It was definitely fun talking to them. And it, it made for some very funny interactions a few times because I, I had known Chris Bryant before I came, um, author of Breakthrough, which was her latest, and the, the Sensory series, which I love, by the way. Um, and there were a couple of times she read my review online and she was like, I owe you a couple of drinks in Vegas. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, I'm going to cash in I on I think this. I've seen that interaction, actually. Yes, exactly. So I got there, and I was like, hey, when did we get this drink? And she's like, well, me and Georgia Beers and Aaron Zach are down at the bar in the casino if you want to join. Just name like, dropping? I... Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, that's all. That's only. That's the only people you're hanging out with. Oh, darn, you know, and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Just like, fan yourself like, a little, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm clean. I smell okay. You know, okay, let's go. Look everything. nice. You but, smell nice. Yeah, she and I just, we had a couple of great conversations. We went to lunch one day, but it seemed like every time I ran into her, I would run into Georgia and Aaron and a couple other people. And there were a couple of times. The cool where, kids. 
Yeah, the cool kids is what it felt like. And there were a couple of times where we went in and they have, you know, the lunch served and everything. And I didn't have a meal ticket. Right. I so, didn't either. But Georgia was just like, are you sure you don't want anything? I'll grab you something. Are you sure? And I was like, no, I'm I'm fine. I, I just ate lunch. I'm good. You know, and everything. But I thought that was very sweet of her and everything. Um, the only author that I really got a little dorky around was Rachel Spangler. <laughs> but she's and... so fun and she's so she hilarious and she's, she's much sweet. much smaller than i thought she would be she, she, <laughs> she's, yes, she's adorably yes. pocket size. I, I walked up i thought she was closer to my height yeah. honestly but i'm just like i walk up to her and i was like whoa, whoa okay but no that's wrong um but yeah it was just literally like because you and i we went to the meet and greet the first night yes and um i noticed that she was there and she had her son Jackson with her. little mini me like mini mini mini, 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 yes. mini, mini and I always have a rule because working in Hollywood living in Hollywood I do see celebrities from time to time but I have a rule of you know if they're with their families don't mob it's their personal time let them have their time with their families but in this situation I got a little confused because I was just like well yes her son is here I see him but he's with her at a kind of business event i'm confused i don't know what to do i think that was the only event she brought him to um yes. that was the only thing i saw him at so that was i i i didn't meet i didn't meet them then i saw her but i didn't right. meet her but i actually met her in a hallway later right. so but i yeah. think it was good because that was the only event she actually brought him to so yeah and i actually met her the next day because she came in and checked in at the the registration desk and i was there and i was and then of course i was like i want you to sign my book later and everything and i kept giving her grief because i was reading in development at the time oh yeah and i'm like because of you i stayed up too late and now i'm groggy the next morning i gotta sit here at a volunteer desk and not look like i'm tired as all get out i think i did the i think i did the tlr review for in development and i also mm -hmm. went on to read uh because i liked it so much i went on to read um uh edge of glory Oh yeah. man, and I just loved that. And then I did another like personal mm -hmm. review, right? Over that. Right. So she was like, Thank you so much for the review. I'm like, No, thank you for the book. I mean, yeah. you know, the authors and I get it as an author, like, wow, that's really great. That's a that's a beautiful review yeah. you wrote. But as a reviewer, it's like, no, thank you for the book because yeah. it was a it was a gorgeous, just gorgeous book. Yeah. I love this. She and I had a nice little conversation after the awards ceremony and I told her that I was I like I really enjoyed the book and I love how she gets gives her characters both a semblance of right and a semblance of wrong like neither one is totally right and neither one is totally wrong in their arguments but they each bring something to the table that the other can learn from and she just gave me this big old hug like thank you because yeah. you, you totally get it and she's like how far are you into it and I was like I'm at to this point and she's like oh you're at the point where the little sister comes in and everything and I'm like yeah and she's like okay when you finish it email me and so I pretty much finished it that Sunday when I got back here and I emailed her directly after and everything. Like That's that. great. So it was, it was just a fun time just meeting everybody. I wish I could have stayed after, but we, I just had to get back upstairs and then we were, we had, we were getting up at like five thirty in the morning. Right. Um, because that's we were our shuttle was coming so i was just like i cannot i cannot stay yeah. i'll get sucked in i'll be here for like another two hours and then i'll be really tired so right were there any authors that you didn't get to meet that you really wanted to for some reason there were i mean there were a ton of authors that i didn't get to meet because it like yeah. i said it was chaotic 
Um, you know, right. but honestly, I tried to meet Ann McMahon uh, numerous mm -hmm. times, and she's just a very, very busy woman. But she designed yes. she designed all of my book covers. Oh, so, you know, pretty much she designed every book cover that was nominated. Yeah, I think there was like one that wasn't. I was just like. Well, we know who's going to get it. It's just a matter of which That was one, one of the hilarious <laughs> highlights of the, the, the award ceremony. But definitely Ann McMahon. Yeah. Um, I did not get to meet Dorothy Allison. I am extremely sad for that because... Yes. I actually passed her in the hallway on the way to the award ceremony. And I felt so bad afterwards because I didn't recognize her at the time. Oh, no. I was, just, I was just trying to get to the awards and trying to find a table, trying to find you and Carrie and just trying to sit down. And I... I heard somebody behind me saying, oh, nice shag. And I turned around and said, thanks. And then I realized they weren't talking to me. They were talking to Dorothy. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Well, continue. I don't yeah. know about you, but um, I think most people know that I have a, a like for spreadsheets. So mm -hmm. before I even came to the conference, I made a list of all of my books, all of the ones that had, were um, written by authors that were going to be at the conference. And then I sorted by highest ratings. So that's how I determine which books to bring to the conference, okay? Right. Now, I also have a lot of books on Kindle, and I don't have anything by those authors in a paperback. And so then I sorted by rating, and I came up with a list of authors I wanted to meet. I did not right. get to meet all of those authors, and it was quite sad. Uh, people like uh, Cheryl Wright and Ali Valley and K.G. McGregor, um, right. I totally missed them. And uh, I think KG McGregor said, you know, Pittsburgh. And I'm like, definitely. So mm -hmm. I, there were some people that I missed. Did, who, who did you miss? Did you miss anyone? I'm, you saw a lot I of check-in. So. Yeah, I, I was hurrying around the author's room so fast when the whole autograph thing was going on. And I really, I really wanted to meet Karen Callmaker. I really did. And I got to bring your, I got to talk to her briefly I in that her. span of time. And I was just like, man, I really want to talk to her more. And KG McGregor was another one I wanted to talk to. And I got her to sign a, a copy of Sea Legs that I bought here or bought at GCLS because kind of like you, it's like I have eBooks for a lot of the yep. books I have, but I didn't really have hard copies. And I knew that I had to be very selective. So I tried to make sure I bought like books of authors that, if they were available, I would, it was the book that made me, basically got me hooked on their writing. The only one I couldn't find was Starting from Scratch by Georgia Beard. Just the one I that I out. myself was looking for. Yes. So. And I found out it was out of print. And I happened to mention this to Georgia in Starbucks one morning. And she was like, oh, she's like, I'm going to have to remedy that. And I'm like, yeah, please do. I mentioned it to a few to... people at the table, yeah. actually, because I, I looked mm -hmm. for it online before the conference because I'm like, yeah. I have a bunch of her paper books, but this is the book I absolutely love more than any other book by mm -hmm. her. And I want that one to be the one I get signed. And I only had it on ebook and so I mentioned right. it and they said, yeah, it's out of print. And somebody else said, no, we can get them. And so there was a little discussion behind the Bella and the yeah. strokes, the big, yeah. the big table, but no, it's good to know. And I will absolutely buy the paperback and bring it with me next year. And on that oh, note, yeah. how many mm -hmm. books did you buy? Because I saw you carry backpack after backpack upstairs. <laughs> Okay, the first You were like a pack mule. Day, okay, in total, if you count how many I bought at GCLS, how many I bought before just having paperback to bring, and one I bought afterwards because it was sold out by the time I realized I wanted it, 10. 10 books was all I bought. I bought Heart of the Game before I came, 
And then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to wait and see if there are other books there by these authors that I want to get. So I get there and I bought eight books because they had Bright Lights of Summer by Lynn Ames. They had Love by, Num- by the Numbers by Karen Callmaker. First book I ever read from her that got me hooked. I got Sea Legs by K.G. McGregor. Um, out of all the books, Romancing the Zone by Kenna White. Oh, obviously. my gosh. Best, best basketball story ever. It I'm is, sorry. It totally. There is one other one that I like, but she never yeah. actually ended up publishing it. She published all of her other ones, but never published that one. But I read it. Right. Yeah. And I think actually out of all of the books I bought, only three I haven't actually read. Um, I got Sorry Bar by Carson Tate. I got The Shape of You by Georgia Beers, which hasn't hadn't been released yet. They just brought that. That's right. On. They did. I did not so, get that. And that was one I knew they were bringing. I was like, I need to buy it the first day. Otherwise, I'm going to miss out on it. And then I got uh, Beowulf for Cretans. I by... wanted that. Yes. I had to go on to Amazon. Like, because as soon as we did, went to the author profile stuff and the reading, so and everything, I was like, I want to read this book. And I went and looked for it, and they had sold out. And I immediately went on to my uh, Amazon app and everything, and I was like, buy now, you know. <laughs> that was that was one that I did get a video of, was uh, Anne McMahon yes. reading from that. So yeah. uh, I was kind of bummed that she didn't get all the way to the juicy No, stuff. she's like, I mean, oh, I'm not even going to get to the good stuff. And then she's like, where do I pick up? And then she's like, no, I'm done. You can yeah, just, yeah. You can just check like, it out. You, you got me, girl. You got me. I'm going to go and fork out. Fifteen dollars for a book. You're fine. There yeah. were a few so. of the author spotlights like that 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 didn't I go according yeah. to plan, and they were they were the the established authors, right? I mean, you right. said that the authors, you know, were did a really good job of reading their own work, and it was easy to, because you're reading your own work. But it's not always that easy. Um, right. I think it's easier for the people that have done it a lot, right? But I did mm-hmm. find one of the funny moments was when Radcliffe was reading from her story, and that set they're in a helicopter, and she's like. And she mentioned something about uh, the the roar of the motorcycle mm-hmm. engine, and everybody cracked up laughing because they weren't anywhere near a motorcycle. <laughs> they, were they were in the air. Like, wait, so wait, I just a motorcycle. <laughs> How do we get from a helicopter to a motorcycle? I think it's like, well, maybe maybe she was just thinking of some of her other characters that have motorcycles. I don't know, you know. So mm-hmm. that was just kind of funny, but they were they were pretty hilarious. I only bought one book. I was very very good. I was told I couldn't. I've been banned from paper books, so right. uh, I brought six books to get signed. I got two of those books signed. <laughs> I failed because I, I stayed too long at the author table not signing anything. So right. by the time I looked up to go get my own book signed, everybody was packed up. So I kind of well, scared around. Why, and... I mean, most of the people I talked to as well there, and even before I went, because I talked to Lee's and everything, because she had gone. Yeah. And um, I asked, you know they do have an author signing is that should I wait for that and they were like actually if you can get I don't want to say corner because it sounds like I'm just pushing them into a corner and being like sign this and everything no they're like if you have a chance with them one-on-one before that and they're willing to sign it I would do it then in the future Uh, that is what I'm going to do because I spoke with Kenna White I don't know how many times I did not get my book signed so I'm like no no I don't want to bugger I'm going to wait and do it at the author signing and I never did it. And I, I, I spoke with her, I don't know how many times, and I never got my mm. book signed. So it was I tricky. got that signed pretty much two minutes after I bought it. I was just like, because I saw her over by the silent auction table, and she was kind of 
moving past me was like, hey, Kenna, can you make a little stop and sign my book real quick? She's <laughs> sweet. Um, she is a sweet person. I did, I did come home with four signed books, though. I bought, oh, I bought one book, right? And it said, mm -hmm. Mavis Applewater's Finding My Way, one of my, mm -hmm. one of my favorites uh, that started as a fan fiction. Um, I have it on uh, Kindle, and I've read it many times. Right. But So she, she won me over, and I bought her book, and she signed it. Um, and I also, I was given a copy, Ray M, uh, Ray D. Magden signed a oh. copy of Lucky Seven. So that is nice. like a prize. I know. Um, and then I, so I bought one book and I brought, so I brought those two home. I got two of my six signs. So I came home with four signed books and then, but I justified it because I gave away four of my own books to the so right. silent auction. So, you were just so it was actually two out. books in the whole, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. It seemed, it seemed legit. It was legit. Yeah. You're just coming in. It's like, okay, I gave four. I donated four. Well, I got to replenish, you know, to make everything even again. Exactly. Yeah. But next oh. year, definitely stock ahead of time. Just keep yes. a couple on me for when I see them. And like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe pick yeah. two a day. Two a day is my goal to get signed. And that way I don't have to worry about trying to like scamper around. Because I'm hoping next year I'll be more popular, more popular as an author. Yeah. And maybe people, <laughs> I'll sign more than like four books. <laughs> so there you yeah. go. Yeah. I'm, totally. I'm really, really like shiny, like brand new right now. So all mm -hmm. of my stuff has come out this year. Yeah. Well, everybody's new and shiny at some point. So, but next year I'll it'll be tarnished. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be more of a veteran and people will know your stuff more and be like, oh, yeah, I remember you when I first met you at GCLS in Vegas and everything like that. So, I remember your yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah, that's that's usually what you're going to probably get. We're hat um, next year. So what was your favorite panel to go to while you were there? The author spotlights were great. Uh, I did... Uh, I loved being in the author spotlight with like other speculative fiction greats, right? That was kind of cool. Right. They did stick us in at eight o'clock, but it was pretty early for <laughs> pretty early for Vegas. Uh, but uh, I did like hearing the other authors read their stories, right? Um, and uh, so just and some of them were great. Uh, Susie Carr. Uh, Lynn Ames, Mercedes Lewis, they were all in the same author spotlight. So I got some really, Mercedes Lewis sang and she recited some of her poetry. Uh, oh, Lynn nice. Ames, I bought a book, I bought Lynn Ames' book, Great Bones, just because mm -hmm. of her, her reading. And actually it's kind of cool because I didn't realize that uh, I only have one other book by Lynn Ames, right? Um, it, right. I five-starred it. So I'm like, holy crap, I, you know, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that I loved some of these, some of the authors, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that I had something by them. She was actually on my list of people to meet. So it was nice to be able to chat with her quite a bit. But her reading the Jewish grandmothers in her story, oh, just, they were hilarious. They they were like their own, they could have their own story all, all together. Um, but I did catch some of the inclusivity and expanding alphabet. Um, and I caught some of these. So I had this idea. They were both really great. I didn't catch the whole panel and there were more. The one that I was saddest to miss was the Xena to Lexa. Oh, yeah. I heard about that one. It was on the yeah. same time as the one with Lynn Ames and Susie Carr and Mercedes oh, Lewis. So, honestly, I wasn't going to go to the, the author spotlight, but I went to the one before that, and I was like, oh, look at these right. people. I'm going to stay here. And I totally forgot. I didn't look at my calendar, and I forgot that the other one was going on next door. So, that was pretty sad. Yeah. I'm sad, but not sad. 
Yeah, I mean, it's sad that you missed the Zenith Alexa, but I guarantee you there are other cons that'll explore something kind of similar. It's a huge chunk of yeah. lesbian fiction and lesbian fiction history. And fan fiction. Yes. So, yeah. Exactly. That that won't be an issue. Um, what were yours? I only really got to attend three panels. Um, two of them were author spotlights, which I enjoyed going because I felt like it introduced me to new authors that, you know, you go onto the publishing sites and you see them and you're like, okay, you know, this sounds pretty cool and everything. Maybe I'll check it out at some point or even onto TLR and be like, okay, this sounds like a cool book. I'll check it out at some point. But to actually be in a room when an author is reading their stuff and you hear the snip, you're like, okay, damn it. I just found a new author and I'm losing more money today. This is basically what I felt like. That's kind that of the point. case. Yes. Yeah, so, but the one panel that I did go to that I was actually very happy I went to was basically going, turning a novel into a movie, which was um, moderated by uh, Lucy J. Madison, who wrote a very good book that I've read, uh, Personal Foul, but uh, she basically did a really good job. I mean, I'm in the industry, but I'm on kind of like the back half of things. I do post-production, and but the script is like pretty much the first thing that you get. But I think what she did was give a lot of great, you know, input about, okay, in a novel, yes, you're going to want to have a lot of detail in everything in certain scenes to basically paint the picture for the audience because they don't have a physical representation of that for them. But with a screenplay, you want to minimize that detail as much as possible, especially when it comes to, like, you know, inner thoughts or facial expressions or stuff like that because you want to allow the actors to actually act so I felt that was a very good way of showing you know the the best process and how to do it and she even said something which I loved more than anything because usually when people get in this industry they're thinking oh it's going to happen you know pretty quickly but she was even saying that it took her four years from when she started to when she actually you know was able to sell her first screenplay and everything like that she's like if it's something you really want to do do it but just be aware it is going to take time like anything in this freaking town it always takes time to do it so and that's something i always implore people who are like oh i want to get into entertainment i was like okay you need to sacrifice this many years <laughs> i mean then you need to do all this and everything like that and you need to move yourself up and it's going to take time so i felt that was a very big advice and even just from a writing standpoint, time is what you need to allow yourself to have to write out what you want to write. And you also need just to make sure you understand that it's going to take time to get it from point A to point B to point C to publishing to out into the world and stuff like that. So that, I felt that was a very informative panel. And she showed a couple of clips from Carol, you know, that kind of as examples and everything. And I was like, Okay, I'm glad I came to this. <laughs> so. Well, and it's neat because you could attend something that intersects with your your other exactly. right life, your real life, you know, the, the what your industry is. Um, it's not much in writing that intersects with, my, with what I do. No, but I do know, I mean, I've read a lot of books, and I don't go into a book thinking, okay, will this make a good movie? It's usually about halfway through that I'm like, this can make a really good like mini series or a little television film or even like a full length feature or something like that. Um, if the writing is that good, I mean, I've done a couple of things with Sheena where I talk about you know 
what do you think would make a really good movie? What what books do you think would do good? And when I was like, well, this one, this one, pretty much anything by Jay or <laughs> Melissa Braden right now. I'm like, can we turn the Soho series into a miniseries? I would gladly do that. I know people, you know. I think, I think we that. all have at some point, right? Read a book where you're like, oh, this would be a great movie or, you know, this would exactly. be like a, I, I had, I actually had somebody say that about a reviewer say that about one of my books where it, it mm-hmm. read like a blockbuster, like one of like a blockbuster right. epic, right? Um, yeah. And I think we all read books like, you know, a sweet romance or a rom-com. or like, oh, this would be a great movie, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, cool. Yeah. What? Uh, I thought Ballets was okay. I actually went to Ballets a couple years ago because they hosted Clexicon for okay. the first year. So I was kind of familiar with it and um, what it had to offer. So I, I thought they did a good job. And everything. I felt like it's kind of the same thing where I felt like I almost expected more people to be in like the vendor room, I guess is what it was done, like the gold room there with all the books. I kind of expected more to be in there, but I feel like that wasn't, it wasn't overly bad or anything like that. It just felt kind of, especially when everybody was at the panels and not in there, it just felt very desolate. And I just like, it was a really hard room. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I walked in a couple of times. And I was like, am I supposed to be in here? <laughs> Cause I was just like, I'm the only one. I almost, there. I almost wish that there had been more, um, like specific social time for people. Like the meet and greet wasn't very long. And I think a lot of people right. didn't go to it cause it was kind of towards the end of the day. And it almost would have been nice to have more like social time just to meet people, right? Because after that, everybody's kind of every day, everybody is just tied up like, oh, I've got a panel and I have to get to this one because I'm moderating. And so like people are just kind of, people come and go here so fast, you know? Um, Right. And it is Vegas. So they want to go out and they want to see other things when they're not busy doing that. And by the time everybody gets back, it's... it can be kind of draining. It's a, it's a, it was exhausting. But I, I liked the hotel. I know there were some complaints. Yeah. And honestly, um, Carrie and I, uh, or I jumped on the GCLS deal. They had the deal where if you, like, first right. come, first serve, and you could get your room in the new section instead of, I guess, the Jubilee Tower. Uh, and right. that was one of the complaints that I heard from a couple other people. So we have a, they have a lot of older members and a lot of uh, differently abled members of GCLS. And I guess the mm-hmm. Jubilee Towers were oh, quite a ways away. Yeah, they were only way on the other side of the conference. Yeah, I was literally at the, the end of the side. hall, the, up the elevators, at the end of the mm-hmm. hall from the conference. So I, it was a pretty, uh, but it was distracting. I, I did think that being in the casino itself was a little bit distracting. You know, and I, right. I didn't want to be distracted by all the extra stuff. Um, and I'll be glad next year when, when I'm not. I won't lose as much money next year. So, yeah. you know. At least not at a crafts table. Now at a book vendor, that's a whole different issue. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I feel, I mean, it's Vegas. Whatever hotel you're going to stay in, they're going to have casinos. That's just the way it is. Our there rooms were play. fine personally, but I don't know how the Jubilee yeah. Tower was. Uh, it's the older the section. Was so. fine. It was fine. It was very nice. It was very beautiful. We had a decent um, view of the high roller. And see, we had a good way. we had a good view as well. So, um, right. And on the night of the Fourth of July, 
we saw distant fireworks. They were everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. are those fire? They were just everywhere. It was like everybody in Vegas in the area lit off their own mm -hmm. big firework. It was kind of crazy. Plus all the helicopters yeah. and nothing competes yeah. with the lights of Vegas, though. Let's be honest. No, no, they definitely don't. And uh, we definitely took advantage of the blackout curtains a few times because we had this big, giant, pixelated billboard <laughs> right across. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah close, close the blinds, Mom. Not to mention when the sun comes up, you're like, oh, just it just bakes. It doesn't matter that your room has AC. It just bakes. 114 no. Friday and Saturday. That was hot. Oh, dear God. Yeah, it's just like, Mom's like, you want to go out today? It's like, do we have to? Uh, can we just stay in the hotel? I will <laughs> physically shrivel up and die. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was just like, oh my god. So. I, I didn't get to leave the hotel much, uh, like mm -hmm. rarely actually. Carrie left more than I did. She actually got the idea that she was going to walk like two blocks away down to Caesars. And then mm -hmm. she said halfway there, she realized she made a huge mistake. So <laughs> it was hot. Yeah. We did walk across to... Um, uh, what was right across the street from us? Bellagio, yes, uh, because we saw Cirque du Soleil. Oh, oh, yeah. Which was I love that show. Phenomenal. One of the best things I have seen, and it was just gorgeous. It was gorgeous and skilled. I, I can't even mm -hmm. explain, but but that was part of my non-conference stuff. And how did right. you? We were both there. We both had like had to organize, I guess, family time and uh, conference time. How did you do that? I know you came with your mom, um, who is yes. sweet as pie um, and funny. Aw, thank you. I she appreciate is that. Definitely funny. Yeah. Well, luckily, she she actually got a hold of the schedule for the panels and stuff. And I was like, you know, we were planning. It's like, okay, today we're just kind of, you know, we're going to go for a walk. We're going to do this. Because I have been able to schedule my volunteering to do all of that in the morning so that way I could have the afternoon with her and um she got a hold of the schedule once I got all my swag gear and everything and she was like you know if you actually want to go to some of these it's totally fine um we did go exploring we went over we went over to, we walked over to Caesars I think it was Thursday was when we did it so it wasn't as hot right but we did have fun. We The big thing we wanted to do was just kind of walk around. We wanted to talk, which is what we love to do. We love to talk about what's going on in our lives and anything that's bothering us and stuff like that. She's remodeling her kitchen right now. I'm planning on writing an actual story out, lo and behold, and everything. But she was just like, I know you could benefit from a lot of this stuff. So if you want to go to it and everything, go right ahead. I have no problem with it. So I found that be very helpful in like planning a little bit better and we still went and did um we went and saw the titanic exhibit down at the luxor one night that's always just a joy to go and see and then friday night we went to the tournament of kings uh dinner and show at excalibur that would have been fun um, it was fun and i had to rem i she wasn't really too eager to eat with her hands because they don't give you silverware right for anything so it's medieval exactly but we had a lot of fun doing that, and we just we went to the Coke store and the M&M store. It almost became interesting because we got, we went to get on the monorail to go down and go to it to the, at the MGM. But before we got on the monorail, it it broke. <laughs> it like wasn't running. So she was like, "Well, we can just walk." And I'm like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> it's a long walk. Yeah, it's kind of it, it's a long walk and it's hot, you know. And she's like, "Yeah, we'll be fine." And I had actually hydrated pretty well. So I wasn't worried about me, but about 
as soon as we got done with the M&M store, she's like, I need to find a place to eat, sit down, because I'm feeling kind of woozy, so yeah. I went to the MGM Grand to a little breakfast brunch cafe that I knew was in there, and we had lunch and everything, but I think overall she had fun, we both had fun, I got what I wanted out of the conference, we played penny slots a little too much. Penny slots add up to a lot. Oh, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but we saw the Twilight Zone mini golf down I saw it in ballets. I saw it. We did not go to that. We, we just didn't. We ran out of time. But we did go see the the real human, the real body exhibit, oh, yeah. which were all real bodies. It was. Oh yeah. It was yeah. It's not for everybody. Um, if you like right. medical stuff, um, if you like you know even watching medical videos on YouTube, like we do because we're weird. Well, she's a veterinarian, so she likes that stuff. And me, I'm just weird. Yeah. But it was really cool. It was uh, the, you can take pictures when you go in. I have lots of pictures. Um, yeah. But it was very, very, very neat. Um, but I did find it hard to split my time between GCLS and between my girlfriend. I think it was hard because probably like your mom, like she has no interest in lesbian fiction. She doesn't follow it. Right. She pointed at one author and said, "Oh, I know that name. You have a lot of her books, her, her books on your shelf, you know." <laughs> so it was really kind of funny because I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. right I do. I, I think it was Jerry Hill, or no, not Jerry Hill. It was uh, uh, Georgia Beers." Okay. It was George Beers. I'm like, I, yeah, I totally do. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Just for the record, my mom did take two of the books that I bought back home with her because she's like, "Ooh, these sound really interesting. I want to." For the like, record, you can borrow them. Just don't lose them. Right. <laughs> but know? no, with the with the conference. Back to the conference. It was really hard to split. Um, and I kind of did what your mom did. I looked at my schedule and I'm like, you know, I want to go to this, this, and this. Okay, I have a free block between here and here. Uh, if you want to do something, I have a free block between here and here. Um, but you know, it's still like five o'clock, like, Hey, are you done yet? You know? And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we can't go out to dinner, but yeah, I'm talking to this person. I'm talking to my publisher, you know? So it was, it was really hard to actually split. Um, because I don't know about you, but I really wanted to just immerse myself. Right. It was, I just wanted to dive in and immerse myself. So it was tricky, but on the other hand, I did have fun too, outside of the conference stuff. So it was a balance, but yeah. I think, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be good to go next year um, where I don't have to, like, kind of worry about is this other person having fun, um, you know, and and mm-hmm. I can just and then it'll be really it'll, it'll be more serious for me. It'll be I'll be more focused on like the serious, especially being being along further as an author. I can just really focus on that, I think. Um, exactly. And I think next year with I mean, I don't know much about Pittsburgh. I just kind of know the area that they said that we're going to be in but I think there's a lot of stuff around there that it's like you know I don't know if my mom would come with me I don't know if one of my friends would come with right. me but it's it's one of those situations where it's like there's probably stuff to do around there that they if they wanted to they could and plus if it's a decent hotel they're going to have amenities and stuff that right. people can do and loved ones can do to keep themselves entertained I did my best you know because I also had to volunteer yeah. and I had to keep up with mom and trying to go to things I wanted to go to. And it was kind of a juggling act in that regard and everything. But um, having my mom just be so supportive of me going and checking out the things she knew I wanted to check out. Yeah. And luckily, a lot of the things we wanted to do were either after the last panel went or it was close enough that we could walk to and do it like within the couple of hours of free time that I had. Yeah. It, it took, it took a lot of planning though. I'm didn't it. Yes, it did. It definitely took a lot of planning. So, so. It, it was good. Um, 
I'll, I, you know, next year too, like like you, I didn't buy the meal ticket. I bought us, mm-hmm. bo- I both bought both me and Carrie um, the full tickets, right? right. I, but not the meal tickets because I knew that being Vegas, we were going to go out, we were going to get dinner here, get dinner there. Um, so it didn't make sense. But next year is something I would definitely do because I heard that that gives you a lot more time with, you know, writers, with authors, with readers. You know, that's when people really get to socialize and kind of bond, I guess. Exactly. So I, look yeah, I, I think I walked in like in the middle of lunch a couple of times and I see all these ladies sitting around eating and talking and gabbing. I'm like, oh, what's this? And then I look over and it's like, oh, it's lunch. OK, I got it now. <laughs> so. What did you think about the award ceremony? Oh, man. I I have to be honest, and it it wasn't against, you know, it's like, I don't like getting dressed up, but I had brought, you know, clothes to get dressed up and everything like that. And my mom actually kind of had to push me to go to the award ceremony because it was our last night there. And I was just like, are you sure you want me to go? She's like, go, have fun. It was kind of the same thing with karaoke the night before. Um, with us. You did so great when you went up to oh sing and you God. were so nervous. I think you I finished my drink, key. didn't you? You, you no, finished yeah, my I drink. Think I kind of did. Yeah, yeah it didn't do crap for me either. And then, but you, you did well. You started out nervous and then when you went up and you started singing and your mom said, oh, yeah. oh that, that apple sure don't fall far from the tree. But then you settled in and you did amazing. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> But your mom was pretty funny. Well, I had to find the right key. That was the problem, too. I couldn't find the right key. It's always the problem. Yeah, couldn't find it. But I actually had a suit, so I got dressed up. And I was I was actually very happy that I did go and see everybody. With, like, everybody, all the good authors, everybody I was happy to see won. But it was just great to see all these great books get nominated, see the winners do, and just kind of get, especially the first time winners that you could tell, yep. like not, not only just the debut novels, but also the ones that, you know, they had probably been around for a little while and this was like their first really big award. And it was just great. It's a great atmosphere to see all the love and support from everybody. And even the final awards where it's like, oh my God, Dorothy Allison's speech. Dear God, it was. I mean, I don't. I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I loved, like you, like you said, the final award winners. You had the director's award, uh, Judy Camella, who who just wore this mm-hmm. little name tag. Said the general. Yeah. The general was yep. everywhere. The Lee Lynch Classic Award recipient, which was Elena Dykwoman, um, mm-hmm. who is you know the name. Everybody knows the name, right? But right. when the the Trailblazer, when Dorothy Allison won the Trailblazer Award, and they. <clears throat> They, they talked about her beforehand, right? And then she right. comes out and she gives this speech and she spoke for a long time. Yeah, I think she that was one of those speeches where it's like, let her go. I right, just let her go out, her. right? And and it's yeah. like nothing we could do. We couldn't recreate it. We couldn't. I couldn't even talk about what she said because I don't know. It just It's one of those things that left me feeling happy and sad and amused and just full of righteous feminist determination, right? Yeah, uh, and yeah. And I really, I really was sad that I, I didn't get a chance to meet her. But, but it just, it filled you. I mean, she's one of those authors that filled you. Mm-hmm. And it, it made you want to do more, to do better, to be more, to help people around you and, and to contribute. Because you're like, look at everything this woman has done. I should do right. even a fraction of that, you know, anything. Right. I should do something. Um, but yeah. there were funny I, moments. I did love when she was like, I regret nothing. I did love it. And, but then she kind of amended it and said, the only thing I regret is not p- 
pushing those people who gave me snippets of their stories to finish them right. and everything. She's like, if anything, that's the only thing I regret because think of what would be the world would be like now if they had actually finished those stories. Exactly. And everything. So it was just amazing. The ceremony itself had a lot of funny moments that definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, there were so many things that made it worth it just to go. I mean, when you had Anna Burke and Rachel Spangler up there on the oh stage presenting, God, a, and there's like I a foot and a half that difference. Wasn't planned. That wasn't planned. It wasn't planned because it was it pretty was hilarious. Planned. I asked Rachel, and I was just like, "Was that planned?" And she's like, "No, I didn't want to go up there by myself, so I pulled Anna Burke to go up there." With it was me. almost it like happened. slapstick humor, right? Because when they went up, yeah. and they just they didn't even say anything. They stood up they there didn't on the have stage, to say anything. And, and the one and Rachel looked up at Anna, and Anna looked down at Rachel, and the <laughs> audience just roared because it was such it was like a foot and a half difference in height it was you know it was so funny and it was like i said it was like slapstick they didn't have to say a word everybody just just laughed and you know the same thing when you had uh when you had ann mcmahon uh, they started announcing the uh, the the what was it the T Corrine the T yeah, Corrine Award for Outstanding Cover Art and seven yeah. out of the eight were by <laughs> and they're like blah 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 by Anne McMahon Treehouse Studio uh, blah yeah. blah blah Anne McMahon Treehouse Studio and and at, at about like the fourth one people started giggling and at about the yeah. sixth one people were just laughing and by the eighth one everybody's just cracking up. And we're like, well, we yeah. kind of know, I mean, the odds are kind of in her favor, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was, it was just funny. Uh, there were a lot of funny moments that, that made it really, uh, made it worth it, I guess. Just right. seeing all it these people just... come up. And there were also mm-hmm. touching moments for the, the ones that we lost in the, in the writing community. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that couldn't be there to get their awards because they're battling some sort of physical illness. Right. Um, I know. And, and it just... You know, and you're like, I, I'm I'm glad that they couldn't be there, but I'm glad that they won this award. You know, just that little bit of honor to them. Yeah. I was bummed Lee's didn't win for the sci-fi fantasy one. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of figured as soon as I saw who she was up against, I was like, I don't think she'll have a problem losing to Jill McKnight. I don't, I don't think. Because I remember her reading that book at Klexicon, and apparently she read it in like, two nights or something like that so <laughs> she was like if i had to lose somebody i'm glad it was it's, hard, it's hard so. it it's easy i think i mean as an author it would be super easy for me to lose to somebody whose work i love i'm like right yeah that's all right i'm, I'm good with that you know yeah well it's like even i think rachel spengler she was in like the same category with like Jay and a few others that out and i think yeah and i think Jay ended up winning for perfect rhythm which i re- love that book and everything so it's just like you can't be mad you didn't win especially when you see like how good your competition is and everything and in a lot of ways i feel like a lot of while it is great to win i feel like a lot of the attitude is like the fact that you've been an honor right just to be there yes exactly i mean it does say a lot especially when you when you realize just how many authors there are out there and everything so that's always fun so going forward, I know I touched on a little bit, but what would you like to see at GCLS? Like of the stuff that you saw, you, I mean, you were kind of at the front end of it. Um, mm-hmm. So you got to see the check-in and, and this is our first year. So we probably won't, don't have too many observations, but is there something that you think that it would be kind of cool to see going forward or? Well, um, I know that GCLS has a writing academy um, to help like, 
up and coming writers as well as, you know, first time writers and everything. I wouldn't have minded to see like a panel and maybe I just missed it on the schedule, but a panel that would kind of be like, so you want to write a novel type deal and everything. I think um, Karen Kallmegger may have came, come close. Unfortunately, I didn't go to the panel, but it's like, so I have this idea, dot, dot, dot is what it was called. Yeah. So it was just like, um, knowing you do get a lot of readers in there, knowing you, do, and what I really love was that you have like the main publishers, like Bullstrokes Books, Bella, Bywater, they all have pitch sessions um, for people to come in to pitch their manuscript, basically. And um, I actually went, I actually set one up because I have this great story, or at least I think it's great. Um, it's a softball story. story. It's going to be great. Yes. So finish it up yeah. so the rest of us can read it. Yes, yes I need to do that. Um, I got a couple of drill sergeants on my ass, part of my French, that are like, you're writing, right? You're writing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need yeah. some drill sergeants on my ass. Pardon your French. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, it was a great, I've never done a pitch before and I felt like it was a great opportunity to just kind of go in and, and give me a sense of, you know, what it's going to be like, you know, okay, I got to write this story. Okay. What's the process after I write the story and everything? Yes. There's editing. Yes. There's this. Okay. Um, advertising for myself, advertising for the book and everything. So Set there, up there's websites. Gonna be a lot, yes. Exactly. There's going to be a lot that has to go into it, which I can say right now, I don't have a problem doing that. If I have to up my social media, I got to do that, you know, but it's also about, you know, believing in the story that you're telling and believing that it could be very, either inspirational or helpful or just entertaining to somebody to read. Exactly. Absolutely. So um, I think having those pitches was really cool. I think I would have liked to also have seen a couple of more of the publishers. Like I know Desert Palm Press was there. Um, Regal Crest was there. Regal Crest was there. Sapphire Brisk, was there. Brisk, Sapphire. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Affinity, I think, I think, was there, right? Yeah, I believe so. But also seeing it from them because nothing, nothing against Bowstrokes, by Bella or Bywater, the three Bs, as I like to call them. Right. Um, but they can be, they can feel a little intimidating to a first-time person because they have such a great um, base of authors, like really great authors and really great, you know, publications that come out. They put out a lot of great stuff. Sapphire, I've published a short story with um, through a Clexicon writing thing. For some reason, they accepted it. Um, you know. Well, that's a good sign for your future novel. Yes. So. Exactly. So, but I felt like not that they were any less important or any less valuable than the top tier, like the top. The big more, dogs. The big nogs and everything. But I feel like for somebody who's just coming in, they, they are a good place to kind of help ease you into it a little bit more. I think it, so. and from personal experience too, um, the, the, the big dogs, as mm -hmm. we've called them now, um, yeah. when you're a new author, and I learned this, when you're a new author, a lot of times those bigger publishers, they only have so many slots, right? It's an industry. They have so many slots for yeah. anything that's not contemporary romance, because that's the big seller. And those slots are going to fill up by their established authors. They want you to cut your teeth on contemporary romance first. And I, I got my stories turned away because they weren't contemporary romance. I'm like, okay, these are fine. Do you have any contemporary romance? So it took some doing. Um, I tried a couple different places, and I, 
I had a list, a mental list that I went down and, and I actually picked one that was actually third on my list. And that's who I ended up publishing through. Luckily, I mean, they picked me up because you sometimes you have to find a publisher that's willing to publish, not just the contemporary romance. That essentially, they'll take a they'll take a chance on you. If they like your work. Boom. They're, they're, they're not they don't have like a. a a goal of like 80% of our books have to be contemporary romance. And I think some right. of the bigger ones work more like a machine like that. And they're great. Mm-hmm. They, they have a great business model. They turn out amazing books, but sometimes as a new author, you know, you're trying to break in, it might be right. easier and less intimidating to find a smaller publisher to start with first. Um, and you can yeah. find some really amazing people too with these smaller publishers. You know, they mm-hmm. might not be working on the grand scale that everyone else does, but there are, there are some really good publishers right. out there. I've, I've actually found a few just through Sapphire because Sapphire, the last couple of years, have been at Clexicon when the other big ones were not. And I was able to find like Shannon and Harris um, and a couple other ones that I was just like, oh, wow, you know, this is really cool and everything like that. And th- that was one of the things in my pitch that they, they asked me about was because they, they asked me to submit a one page summary and then they asked me to tell the story again you know, when the pitch, you know, they were just like, is there, is there a romance component? I was like, yes, there is a romance component there. Cause they were just like, it sounds like you're, you're just more, it's more the story that you're telling us in the romance. I was like, well, the romance is in there. The story is what's predominant in my head right now. Right. So, and it's like, I have written romance. I've written sex scenes, you know, this is not a new thing for me, but it's just, you know, I, personally for me it's like and just based on the other stories that I have going on in my head I I like writing stuff that's a little bit more you know um important to like stuff going on today um other things and stuff like that so the romance is there and everything it's just kind of hidden right now as opposed to the overall story that I want to tell right now so but yeah I was I was fine and everything um I can't remember did they because I think you and I talked about it, and I've actually talked about it with a couple of people while I was there. You and I noticed this, that the crowd there was a little bit more on the older side. So that was actually what I was just going to say. Um, my wow. observations um, is maybe more diversity. I like that they're including diversity mm-hmm. panels now. Um, yes. I mean, it, but predominantly the crowd, and, and you see the same thing in fiction, it caters to white people. You don't see as much diversity. You don't see as much, uh, I guess, sexual, uh, racial, religious. Mm-hmm. You don't see a ton of diversity because people are just, you know, they people write what they know, and I think people would gravitate. And I, some of right. the panels were really good because they were saying, you know, it's okay to write characters who are diverse. And this is how you do right. you do it. This is how you go about it without um, without writing a stereotype, without without coming off as insensitive or racist or you know you know yeah. stealing know, culture, right? Yeah, and I know there are some people out there who are thinking, well, is it's not really politically correct to point out to basically they think we're trying to segregate the diversity. We're not. Um, but I can understand that point of view in a lot of ways. I think what it is we're trying to do is give a clearer image of these stories that have diversity issues in them. It doesn't have to have a diversity issue, but it's right. nice to see characters. I mean, right. And unless an author 
puts in their summary or on their cover to showcase that there's a diverse character, you're not going to know this. So there has to be some way to be able to show people who are, or women especially, who are looking for these kinds of stories, to show them this is that kind of story without trying to put a freaking neon sign on the freaking overpass or anything like that. Right. But make sure that they know that it's there. That type of thing. I think, I mean, just the writers themselves, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. at at the conference, I mean, again, it was was a lot of older, um, you Mm -hmm. see a lot of older generation people and they've been writing, they're the greats. They have been writing for, for decades now and they're just amazing authors. But I did like that I saw a lot of younger people too um, at the conference. Yeah. And it was really neat to see uh, some more younger attendees. And I hope that mm-hmm. that continues because honestly, if you don't bring in new blood, new authors, young authors, m- middle-aged authors, it doesn't matter. You bring in new blood to GCLS, the Golden Crown Literary Society, you know, stuff is just going to kind of wither away. And when you, when you have something like this, like this conference, if it gets left to wither away, it's, it's, I, I, I try to explain it that it's like my grandmother and my aunts. And once everybody from the old generation dies, you no longer get the whole family together. You lose contact with your, your family, your, your writing family, right? You don't have anything right. bringing everyone together so that you can share ideas, so that you can, you can share you know, experiences with people. And I think it's really important to keep this going and to do that, I think we need to, it needs to be inclusive to everyone. It doesn't matter their age. It doesn't matter their sexuality. Uh, honestly, um, you, I, there, were, there are trans women that go. Um, but I know a lot of lesbian fiction lovers, just lovers, and they've read so much that then they're not all uh, lesbians. They're not all white. They're not all women. They're not all cisgender. They're not you know, some of them are transgender, some of them are transgender men and transgender women, and they all love lesbian fiction. And I think that has got to be, you know, really the core that brings people together. And I, I hope that it can and that yeah. we can increase diversity and increase discussion going forward. I think it would be smart. And this is what I would love to see is next year at Clexicon, I would love to see uh, GCLS have a booth of some sort, because while we while diversity is great to have there i think we also need to bring in um a younger generation to come in and sort of kind of pass the torch um in a lot of ways because it's like i love visiting with all the members there but they've been there for a while and some of them are kind of you know getting up there in age a little bit and if we don't pass it on to the next generation i'm afraid it's going to kind of just wither away and that's something we definitely do not want to happen right now i I do. I agree. Um, and I think some of that uh, can be helped along with marketing. I mean, as you have as you have any tried and true product, anything that's been around for a while, which GCLS, you know, has, mm-hmm. um, you always want to appeal to a wider, a wider base, a wider, bring in more of an audience. And when you have a lot of these, um, uh, the older writers, the older members of GCLS, you know, a lot of us are there's a lot of people that are just now discovering GCLS and what it can do for you, but it's almost like we have to actively recruit new members. And to do that, you have to go outside the areas that you always have before if you want to get these new faces in and not the same old faces that, you know, that follow the, the small circles that they do. And I think um, Clexicon, stuff like that, really, 
really will cross the boundary, right, between typical lesbian fiction and then the the much wider media market that is movies, that is TV shows, um, comic books even. We're seeing a lot more uh, queer characters in all of them. And if we want the queer characters to stay in all of them, we have to, I guess, echo uh, these characters across all forms of media. I mean, we've been obviously writing lesbian fiction for a while, but we want to see an echo through to the movies, to comic books, to to um, TV shows, and then we also want those characters to echo back to us in women's fiction. And I, I think the original concept of that may have been from shows like Xena, Warrior Princess, Buffy, The Vampire Slayer, where we saw a lot of fan fiction with these female female characters. And a lot of that fan fiction, people started turning, uh, adjusting their stories and turning those into books, which they later published as lesbian fiction. Right. And I feel like with a venue like Lexicon, which has a very young dynamic to it, um, you have young women who are literally starving right now to see their representation in, in, in all types of media. And so I think at a venue like that, they could really do a wonderful job of just, you know, showing them it's like, yes, there's television, there's movies, there's, there's the Canadian market that's giving us a lot of stuff as well. But there's also things that you can hold in your hand and you can really read and get a good sense of like, oh, this is something I can totally relate to. This character is like me. That character is like somebody else I know. And especially with, you know, like the young adult or as they, and the great thing about it is that they can read any level because there are so many vast, you know, um, themes in literature right now that they could read something about themselves, they could read something that they're interested in, but hadn't really seen so far. And I think that would really help them bring in the younger groups and everything like that to be able to say, so that way we can pass on the torch as, you know, the years go by. Yeah, I think, I think it's an excellent idea. And I think it will take those people that already straddle that boundary, people like you, people like maybe uh, Lise, Mm -hmm. um, and there are quite a few others that attend. Currently, there are even, like you said, some publishers that attend things like Clexicon, and they're already starting to branch out. And I, I think, think um, organizations like the Golden Crown Literary Society need to also kind of catch up and start doing the same kind of thing. Um, and we need people like you who have attended these events okay. who can give a testimonial to email uh, GCLS and maybe even other publishers and say, hey, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't you attending these things? Why aren't you promoting at these types of events? Exactly. Exactly. So you're telling me I need to write an email. I two. am. But, or you ten. know, you know? <laughs> I, I, I'm also telling anyone else who has attended both GCLS and Clexicon and maybe Elcon uh, mm -hmm. or any of the other um, lesbian fiction literature events to, you know, let's start promoting across the board. You know, let's start promoting. If you've attended all of these things and you see a market for the lesbian fiction, let's start bringing these different groups and these different events together. And it takes people like you who are straddling that boundary to really help, help the communication lines because I don't have the personal experience with something, say, like Clexicon, but I know a lot of people have and a lot of people have attended both. And I think that they, you, you um, could help push that idea forward and bring Golden Crown Literary Society to the next level, right? To improve yeah. recruitment. 
whatever I can do to help, you know, make sure that GCLS and anything that is very supportive of reading lesbic or movies or media to give us, to keep having that positive representation uh, for us to go to and see in ways that in the past have not been available to us, I will do whatever I can to help with that. So. Yay. Uh, <laughs> did, did we just become a stereotype? Are we recruiting? I think we are. I think we're recruiting, but I always kind of figured the lesbian review was kind of a good place to be considered for recruiting because I feel like every time I'm reading a review, I'm recruiting somebody to read that book. It's that's so, true, and so, you know, exactly. It, I think it's a yeah, it's a good idea, but it really takes people like you and all of those other people who have who have been to both, who regularly attend both, and you know, n- number one join GCLS. If you're out there and you're not a member, it's really not that expensive per year. What is it like $30 to become a member per year? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to go to the events, they do have payment plans. They also have scholarships. I'm, I was a a scholarship recipient. You can volunteer. Yeah, exactly. So there are ways to get around for those people with small pocketbooks. Don't sit there and be like, Oh, I can't afford it because they are willing to work with you. And, and, from what we've seen, and I've only really just been introduced to GCLS in the last year, but from what I'm noticing is there's a different pa- definite pattern. They go back and forth across the United States for the events, and maybe you can only attend the ones that are closest to you, every, you know, right. every other year. But but that's still that's attending and 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 getting into the community and and getting into see those authors, or if you're an author to see to meet other authors and publishers and readers, and and it's an an excellent experience. And it, and it takes more people, more members, more recruitment, and more word of mouth to, to spread it, right? Right. And I feel everybody should be involved in some form or fashion to help all these organizations do what they do best. And that's getting the, the positive imagery and the positive you know, content out there for everybody to witness and to experience. So I believe that's all we have time for today. I think it is. Okay. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining Kelly and myself at the Lesbian Review Podcast. If you would like to know more about the Golden Crown Literary Society and what it can offer for you, you can find them at www.goldencrown.org. Thank you again. Have a nice day, everyone. Have a nice night.